Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Are your money back? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to Speed Street. Woohoo! Officially, Speed Street. Joey Molinaro, Connor Daly. How you doing, brother? Man, it's good to live life on a speedy street. I tell you what. It is. Yeah. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have a great, great ride together with our friends mm-hmm. and our, our community and just keep growing and have a wonderful, wonderful experience. Yeah, we landed on a name finally. It's been three months, four months in the work. Uh, but we, we came together and we finally said, you know what, Speed Street it is. We want to live on Speed Street. Yep. It's, uh, you know, we have a lot of uh, a good marketing opportunity, I think, on Speed Street. Many nights did I spend maybe having a couple cold Tito sodas mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. start asking my friends. I said, hey, let's think about podcast names. You know what I mean? And, that and just you know shows what? how useless they are. <laughs> friends did not help at all. They're like, what about, uh, you know, CD's Joey's or whatever? I'm like, <laughs> CDJ's. I'm like, uh, let's, no. Like, I think we got to, we got to stick with something that you can, that's easy to say mm-hmm. that is potentially great for merch. Yep. And I, I, I think, you know what? We did our job. There's a couple that I was excited about, but realistically, this one, you can say it fast and you can say it like a NASCAR fan or however fan you want to say it as uh-huh. be like a hey, speed street. That's right. Maybe even maybe even go to the Formula One world and be like, hey guys, you guys want to come to Speed Street? You're going down on Speed Street. It's going down <laughs> on Speed Street. It so is. that's where we are. And you can find us now on Spotify. Still waiting for the Apple confirmation because Apple, for all the good that Apple does, uh, their podcasting setup is quite the pain in the ass. Do we need to so, speak to someone there? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it. I think it's been, usually it takes, they said, like five to seven days. I think uh, we're still within that window. Okay. Um, but we are on Spotify, Speed Street with Connor Daly and Joey Molinaro on Spotify. You can find the YouTube version as well on my YouTube channel right now. There's a playlist, Speed Street with Connor Daly, so you can see us talking. Um, you can see it and listen to it at the same time if you want on YouTube, but YouTube uh, Spotify, Speed Street is alive and well, both of them. I'm very, very excited about that. We had, we've had a lot of stuff going on lately. Obviously, it's been a little, a little bit of time since our last episode, but we have accomplished a lot. Joey's been to cool places. Yep. I've been in an interesting, um, you know, arena for the last couple of weeks. Played in a charity kickball tournament. We're going to go through ki- charity kickball tournaments. We're going to go through. Tony Stewart bachelor party, yep. maybe even NASCAR weekend. We got some Have questions to. to answer from our yep. folks, from yep. our our our, uh, our handy dandy Instagram um, community. Red, yellow, green, yeah. Red, yellow, Red, green, green flags, flag. all yep. the flags. Um, and then I have got a very special random Indy 500 driver of the week. Lovely. Very special. Expect and, nothing less. And I can't wait to uh, can't wait to share it for you. And maybe a new segment that we're going to test out. 
Yes, and we got to give a shout out to our friends at the shop. Indy. Oh yes. So they, um, of course, they 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 kill it. They got the best Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the best Indy Five Hundred, anything Indy. Well, it's colleges, Colts, Pacers. I mean, the merchandise they put out is second to none. And Brian and the folks at the shop Indy came up with our logo for Speed Street. So thank you so much for that. The time and effort there. They got locations in Carmel Clay Terrace. They got locations in Broad Ripple, not too far from where we're recording right now. And uh, it's just a it's just a beautiful time when you go in there you know you're going to see some cool stuff you got the connor daily mullet shirt great that's there. mullet shirts yes yeah this might be our first ad read but it was an incredible <laughs> incredible mullet shirts honestly i did you know that i first turned down that shirt i said no i don't want to i don't i don't want that Why? shirt to be sold i, I don't know i, I thought i, I look like a clown a look. I, I, because i look like a clown most of the time yeah. but i thought this was really exponentially clowny Turns out I was wrong. <laughs> Turns out it's it's the most sold shirt that I've ever had in my merchandise arena. It's, so it's a great looking shirt. I have multiple of them. Um, and, and when you go into these shops, it's not just the the merch, which is the shirts are soft. They're they're cool. They're they're a unique design. They're everywhere. Any, anytime you're wearing a shop indie shirt and you're walking around, somebody guaranteed somebody Respects will it. say. Oh man, I like that shirt. I know it's great, you know. And so you go in there, but not only do they have those, they have hats, they have stickers for your laptops or your Yetis or whatever. I mean, if those folks <laughs> sticker that Yeti up, baby. You know, exactly. My my the back of my my Yeti is just filled with stickers from uh, Toronto Motorsports. Shout out to them and the oh, shop yeah, Yeti. So um, thank you to the shop and Brian. I'm sure we're going to be working uh, hand in hand throughout this, um, you know, throughout. So again. Big thank you to them. But Connor said, you, you know, we got a full show. We got a big show. Oh, yeah. um, you, uh, before I get into my NASCAR weekend, I have questions <laughs> about the bachelor party that you spent with the legendary Tony Stewart. Smoke. Yeah. Look, I tell you what, there's obviously, I, I want to <laughs> make sure that I can have this show and then still hang out with my friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and have them trust me to where I'm like, look. I don't go on a bachelor party and tell everyone what was happening at 2.30 in the morning. You know what I mean? Well, we can't do that. We got to respect our friend's limits. But let me tell you, Smoke is a great, great human being. Tony yeah. Stewart, I have so much respect from him. I met his lady as well, Leah, and very happy for them. Yeah. Very excited. I think Tony is oh, such a great person. And let me tell you, good gambler. Good gambler, smart guy. He's got a good brain on him. You know, t- Tony Stewart seems like the kind of guy that's just like everything he does, he's good at. Oh, yeah. You know? And so that's very confident. Su- as that, well. doesn't, that doesn't surprise me at all that, you know, Tony Stewart could just walk into like a craps table and just be like, you know, throw the dice and then just know he'll, he'll, he'll four and six every four time. And yeah. six. He doesn't even need the girl or whoever to blow yep. on the dice. He just walks up, tosses them, kind of walks away. People go crazy. That seems like Tony Stewart. Yeah. Today. I mean, it, it was it was very inspirational to to sit down with him and Marco Andretti at the same uh, blackjack table, and just watch them ask for markers. You know, it was like, "Yep, give us the big one." So I'm like, "All right, let's go." I got two hundred dollars here, and I'm gonna go along for the ride. But it was yeah, it was an incredible time. We ate some of the best food ever, and Marco Andretti is potentially the best person to know in any major city because Marco has lived an incredible lifestyle, and the Andretti family are. Such good and nice people that they know everyone and they maintain their relationships. Marco knew a bunch of people from the Palms Hotel back in the day. And now that hotel has changed a bunch of stuff. And the same guy who worked at this restaurant at the Palms now has this incredible restaurant called Barry's 
it the Circa in Las Vegas, and I was like, that might have been the greatest meal I've ever had in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and Marco set it up. He's like, yeah, I need a table for uh, 10 at like 8 p.m., like prime time. He's like, yep, done. <laughs> can you imagine having that type of power in any city you go to? I think he, I think he can do the same thing in Miami and L.A. Yeah, no, he can do it. I anywhere. don't have that yet. Maybe you might have that at some point. No, not yet. Um, not <laughs> if, not as long as you as, as long as you show up and talk like Nick Saban, you'll be <laughs> you'll be sorted out. <laughs> yeah, uh, Marco. We talked about it. I mean, Marco is a friend of of both of ours. Yes. He's a friend of the show, even though he's never been on the show. But <laughs> I mean, the man just has lived the best. Uh, he's living. You know, the phrase that is a cliche now: "Living your best life." That's Marco Andretti. I respect it. Day yeah, in and you know day what. Out. He brings his boys along for the ride. Exactly. And I, and I, and I like that. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I think that's a very respectful way to do it. And we had a great time out there. Rico Abreu was out there as well. Incredible driver, incredibly talented, um, incredibly talented human being. And uh, yeah, man, it was just, I learned how to wake surf, which uh, not a water sports guy, oddly enough. I am not a water sports guy. You know, that. Does I, it look like it? Because I'm <laughs> super white and super gingery. I don't know. I, I, I'm i not a big water no, sports you guy. You don't strike me as a big water sports guy, but if it makes you feel better, when I was in Mexico, oh. I did a, uh, a paddle board. I think that's what they're called. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, you yeah. know, when you're, you're all these got people the big out paddles there. And you do Instagram posts and read blogs and stuff. You while got you're the out big there. paddles, you got the big board, <laughs> and you're like standing on them, and people are out in the middle of the ocean, and they're just looking so calm and collected and yeah. cool. Bro, I couldn't do it at all. I had <laughs> really? To, I had to do I was like either just on my knees or I, literally, I, I about did. Oh. And then I said, nope, not doing that. And so I just straddled it, and I was just sitting. And I was like, oh, eh, this no. is more yeah. of my speed. <laughs> so, you know, I can't imagine. That's just standing on a board. I can't imagine yeah. having to try to, like, ride and riff off of waves. Well, they yeah, the paddle board looks pretty stable. So I, I have yet to try one of those. I'm a little – I'm now I'm confused. I didn't think it was going to be that hard. But now, if you said it was hard, it's a lot of core. You have a good was core. your lady good at it? Did she? Did she? No, was she, she successful? Here's the funny thing: is that all of everybody else was uh, was doing snorkeling, <laughs> so they had the you know big goggles and the snorkel oh, yeah. thing. Snorkeling that is a complete that is I'm calling bullshit on on snorkeling, dude. You can't. <laughs> We're that, waving the red flag on waving snorkeling. red flag on snorkeling. You can't breathe for nothing out of those things, bro. I'm I, out on snorkeling as well. I like breathing. Uh, it, I, what right? am I going to see a fish for four seconds? Exactly. Awesome. I I can see a fish on the internet. I, I'm like, I, I, when I went out, I tried the snorkeling thing. Everybody was excited about snorkeling. I threw on the goggles. I had my snorkel in the air. I went down, could not breathe for more than two and a half seconds. Said, would, nope. you, would you rather be in a submarine? Like one of those nice, um, like uh, no. big window like type Hunt submarine. Like Red October? Like, like, no, no, no. Not Sean Connery. Not Sean Connery in the Hunt for Red October. <laughs> But like one of those uh, James Cameron type, uh, no nope. big visible windows, and you're going down, and you can just see all the wildlife. Nope. See, because I would be down for that. Nope. Too much. I don't like being submerged, but I think being in a submarine where I can see all the stuff and breathe oxygen like a normal person sounds more exciting to me. Yeah, but you're but out on that. I'm out on that because then you think, then I've like, seen I, a lot I, of movies. I, I, yeah, I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> And then I just start, you know, I would immediately start thinking about, you know, if this window cracks at all. Yeah. Or we're, we're screwed. We're blowing up. We're drowning. We're, we're done. Giant octopus. I mean, that is also something those are you definitely worry real. about. You Have know? you seen some of those suckers wash up? So what they was can, the would you rather on that, though? Because you're like, would you rather be in a submarine? Did you have another one then? Like, yeah. Like, would you rather be in a submarine and like see fish life or snorkel for five seconds and see like one tiny fish. I don't like being underwater. Okay. Yep. I, I, All right. I don't you know want what? being underwater. I want to be above water. Okay. Yeah. 
I, yeah. I'm I'm also out on being really submerged. But I would trust James Cameron if he took me down there. Like, remember that South Park episode where they're like James Cameron's going down to the core of the Earth in a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whatever. James Cameron just lives in a submarine. Yeah, that's he's like, just doing cool stuff. Some people live in a yacht, but yeah. he's underwater. He just lives in the submarine. Mm-hmm. Nah, I couldn't do it, man. I, I I'd rather go to like the edge of space. Oh yeah, I'd rather yeah, be yeah. up, yeah, high. You know, because then if you fall out, you just, you know, you're falling, you're dead, whatever. Dead, like, yeah. I'd rather Drowning, die. bad. I'd rather die in the air of a heart attack and then splatter oh. <laughs> than, like, have the pressure of the underwater and then I splatter in there. You think you're going to die in the air of a heart attack before you hit the ground? Yes, dude. <laughs> if you, like, if, if so you're, you're going to poop your pants <laughs> and piss yourself and die of a heart attack on the way down. Yes, if you're, uh, if you're, that, would be, that would be terrible. If you're 35,000 feet or higher and you don't have a parachute and you're just falling, you're de- you, 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 pan- you die. Your heart I think I would enjoy it. I would, I would, I would like look around and just know that, hey, no. not, this is not, if, even if I landed in the water, <laughs> this is not going to be successful. No, you, you would be panicking as human nature would take over. You'd be like, oh, wow, I'm falling at an incredibly fast rate and I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to die in about well, 12 seconds. Yeah, that that would be a shame, but I still think I would try to enjoy it all the way. I would enjoy the ride all the way down, but who knows? You, that's you, though. You, well, I'm glad you we enjoyed the ride. I'm glad so, we really figured out whether we like space or dying in the ocean. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, a you know popular. A lot of people can relate to that. That's it's a good. Uh, yeah, it's a good ride along uh, conversation. So Tony Stewart, <laughs> Tony Stewart, incredible. Yeah, we talked SRX also. I, I think Tony Stewart, obviously the master of the SRX racing yes. series. Very excited for what they have in the future. Uh-huh. I did ask if I could drive in a race. He looked at me. Didn't get a confirmation. Did not get a confirmation. Didn't, did, didn't get a denial. <laughs> did not get a no. Did not get a no. But I, I, one of the reasons why I love, I love Tony Stewart is I think he, he's always believed in me, which is kind of really, it's really random. But like we're Indiana guys, you know yep. what I mean? And I think he's, um, he obviously knows how difficult uh, the IndyCar racing scene is and how difficult the Indy 500 is. And, um, you know, he at one point. Uh, was explaining to people via using Google on his phone who I was and who he was and how I had led the Indy 500 or whatever for so long. And I was like, you know what? That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's very like, cool. really cool. So I think I think he's still kind of, you know, there, there's my career has obviously been a wild ride, but Tony has always been like one of those guys who's like, he sees when it's going well and he knows why. And then he's, he knows if it's, if it's not going as well, he knows exactly why, you know yeah. what I mean? Cause I think he's been there. So, uh, so I think that's really, really cool. And it was, I cut the bachelor party one day short because I had to go play in a charity kickball tournament. Then after mm-hmm. that with a lot of, uh, incredible NASCAR human beings, which yes. was literally, this was the preamble to you going to the NASCAR weekend. It was, which was, which was awesome. Turns out, Lots of kickball players in the NASCAR community. I heard that it was not, it was very intense. Corey LaJoy's kickball yes. tournament. Corey very LaJoy. hardcore, very intense. Very intense. And look, I, I felt honored to be there. I was a loner. I was the only IndyCar guy there. But a lot of NASCAR guys. You, know, you had the Bubba Wallace's, Ryan Blaney, Corey LaJoy, Joey Logano. I mean... That's just ha- that's just like a quarter of them. It was it was two two eleven man teams or two twelve man teams. So it was really really wild. Bubba Wallace, great pitcher, great. I mean, we're talking. He was spinning them, spin on the ground, yeah. low, fast. Like it was, it was really impressive. And I, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I got on base, we got on base at least I think twice. Nice. And uh, I did watch one of the Washington Wizards tear his ACL or, or pop a hamstring or something. I heard about this, which yeah. was 
we played kickball from 11 a.m. to like 8 p.m. Like a lot of kickball. And uh -huh. there was like a, you know, the celebrity game was was later in the day, right? Like yeah. that was the one where all the NASCAR guys would come out and like, you know, it was basically just this big racing, hey, like we're going to NASCAR streamed it or something like that. And it was really cool. But like during the day, we had like a bunch of people that, you know, uh, like paid to be there for charity and like a bunch of like the local, you know, the local basketball league and then like the yeah. local, you know, some other NASCAR folks, like some helmet painters, people, people from all over the place, right? Sure. And uh, one of the guys on our team, I think it was Devin Booker's brother. I'm not really entirely sure. No. Does Devin Booker no. have a brother? No. Are you sure? Mm, 87% <laughs> eight, eight, sure. Okay, well then maybe it was not Devin Booker's brother, but there was someone else who played basketball. Bases loaded on my team. Bases loaded, right? Yeah. We're about to win. Uh-huh. He goes up, kick the ball, and he's like, ooh. Uh-oh. Got to get one of those little, like, yikes yeah, yeah. moments. Uh-huh. Uh Immediately, it was like, yeah, I got to go. <laughs> and I was just like, ditching out. Oh, man, I felt so bad for this guy. He was such a nice dude, and I, I, I forget I forget what his name is now because I'm terrible with names, but man. Was it Trevor Booker? I don't I don't think so. No? I actually have no idea, honestly, okay. but a well, very tall guy, yeah. very tall fella. So and um, it was it, it was people were really going for it, which I respect. I think when you get a bunch of competitive adults mm -hmm. out on the kickball field, Seems to be. I mean, I hadn't played kickball since the sixth grade. Yeah, but were you? Are you a big kickball guy? I mean, I know you're an inside was, baseball guy. Yeah. Well, going to a Catholic school, <laughs> yep. that's like that is a very big sport. Like you know, all you play it in gym, you play it, you know, in recess, and then all the girls. That is one of their main sports. Going all oh, the way fourth yep. grade through yep, eighth yep, grade yep. It is big deal to play kickball. And so, like when I, you know, got to be friends with public school kids in high school and college or whatever, they're all like, "Kickball? What the hell are you talking about?" And I was like, "Are you serious? Like this is I, this isn't like a known thing? Like kickball is big." So for me, These I public grew up school kids. Yeah, yeah. No, for me, I grew up with kickball big time. Um, but yeah, it's like so I was in Charlotte this past weekend at the Roval. And I was talking with Corey LaJoy. We were doing a segment. We are doing a bit. Drivers Eating Donuts. First yep. NASCAR driver to be on there. You can watch it right now on uh, my YouTube channel, Boom. Joey Molinero. Uh, really fun conversation, but we were talking about the kickball tournament, and he was like, yeah, dude, see, the thing is, is that everybody, you know, you, you go into a charity kickball tournament, and you're like, oh, we're just going to have fun. It's a you know, <laughs> charity, blah, blah, blah. Woo! Right. But then, like, all of a sudden, second, third inning or whatever, that competitive juices starts to... Oh, yeah. You don't want to look like an idiot. No. You don't want to do before. There's a crowd there. We got some media. Right. Local news. Radio, Sirius XM was there. I mean... So you're going into it. And you're like, ah, I'm not going to stretch. We're just having fun. You know, it's for the kids, whatever. But then all of a sudden, all that happens. And you're like, well, I don't want to look like a jackass. Absolutely So not. then because of the lack of preparation, because you were having fun, thinking going into it, then all of a sudden you're screwed because now you didn't stretch. You didn't warm <laughs> yep. up. And your hamstrings torn off. There needed to be at least four to six ellipticals at every field. Right. Like we needed we needed ellipticals there. Potentially some dudes with like these training shirts on that were mm -hmm. going to stretch us out. Yeah. I mean, it, it it was that type of environment. And the funniest part was some of the guys, the, some of the NASCAR drivers, are like, man, I, if someone goes down, that would not be great for the weekend. I said, <laughs> well, guess who's here as a substitute? Oh uh, yeah, right here. Throw me my in season there, is over. And then the guys looked at me like, yikes, we better not get hurt. <laughs> I said, yep, your boy's already in Charlotte. I'm ready to go. Right. <laughs> Lock me in. So, yeah, That's thankfully, right. everyone ended up safe. Yeah. I did watch Ryan Blaney jump about 10 feet in the air. Great vertical on that guy, apparently. You know what's Had wild no is I was hanging out with Ryan Blaney on Sunday night yes. post-race. Oh. I did not. Now that I think, now I'm connecting the Fun two. Fun guy. 
very fun guy. Did not connect it to that he would be somebody who would have that kind of a vertical. Great vertical. I wa- so you know how in kickball you can throw the ball at someone to get them out, right? Yes. So he did a little bunt to first. Okay. Not a great place to do it. Pitcher catches it, winds up, throws. This guy jumps about six, seven feet, eight over feet, maybe. Ball. Let's exaggerate a little bit. In the air, over the ball. <laughs> Lands on his back. Obviously not a very well-balanced oh, jump. Okay. But still made it to first. What Wild scene. I, I did not expect that out of Ryan Blaney, but I, I respect his athleticism and his um, – his vertical. See, what would have been really impressive is I was hoping you were going to say that he like jumped over it like Spider-Man style, you know, raised his knees really yes. high and then just landed on his feet and was like ready to go. Well, he, he did raise the knees. You could tell that the adrenaline was pumping and he yeah. raised the knees up. But the problem is when he raised the knees up, he was in the process of doing like a backflip sort of. And so landed on his heels and fell on his back. <laughs> Dude, do you ever think about this is you're just talking about jumping and adrenaline and everything. Have you ever thought about I've thought about this a lot, and it's kind of weird that I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> but like, think about okay, on the straightaway at the Indy Five Hundred, mm. right? Let's just say somebody's standing on the on the yard of bricks. Okay, you're coming. There's cars hauling ass on turn four. Yep. Do you think somebody could time that out and jump over? <laughs> jump over a car at two hundred and thirty? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. I think the problem is. You got to pull the knees up because we got those onboard cameras that stick up a little bit. Yeah, I think yeah. you could do it. I think you could do it if those little onboard cameras weren't up there because I think that might just tip you over as you as you go as you try to jump in the air. See, I think somebody could do it. You know what? I, I'm not disagreeing with you because I follow a lot of those um, very wild athletes that like jump over stuff uh-huh. on the Instagrams. Yeah. And they've jumped over some wild stuff and and done flips over it as well. Yeah. So the problem is is setting that up. <laughs> right. I mean, you, you're <laughs> right. Really- I do think someone could do it. It, it would it, maybe like because here's the thing: if you if you jumped and timed it right, you could jump and then maybe avoid the little onboard camera thing and do like a side pod rear wing type jump. If you got like a professional parkour person, yeah. Again, like you said, you, you really got one shot at this, and it's That's either going it. to go very great or no legs, very badly. Or, yeah, your entire body is mutilated <laughs> and disintegrated, and so is the driver of the race car. <laughs> so I don't know. Why, we, we probably couldn't get you know people to sign up for this. I'm sure we maybe could if the price was right. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just imagining, like, I think people would watch that. I, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, look, we're all searching for what's the next crazy thing to, to watch on the, on the internet. What's, like, what's a wild stunt that's going to happen? I mean, like, are we jumping cars at two thirty? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe let's get like Dude Perfect out here. Yeah. Is that what they do? They do. <laughs> no, that, right? they do not. I don't think they jump over flying cars. Well, I feel like they, but do they that throw that balls kind of at stuff. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like them throwing balls at indie cars would be bad. Yeah, not great. Uh, but sixty forty chance I'm gonna go with sixty forty potentially making it forty percent dead. <laughs> <laughs> I like those odds. <laughs> those aren't bad. Sixty forty. I mean, you know. uh, what uh, have you seen, Mister Deeds? Uh, uh, yes. 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 Remember when John McEnroe like jumps over that car? Yeah. And he turns around. What kind of driver is that? You're just. I think. I think the That's adrenaline possible. would be rushing. So now the timing of it, it'd be very hard yeah. to because it's like obviously tenth of a second. Where if you're if you're late, you're you're done. You're splattered. But if you're a little early, then you're landing on top of the car. Well, we'd have to hire those ESPN sports science type guys. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to really get in there. That guy with the cool Brinkus. like yeah, Brinkus. Yeah. We'd have to get him in there and say, hey. Tell us at what point this man needs to jump, <laughs> and if not, yeah. 
Well, he's dead. <laughs> I don't know. So it's just like whenever I'm, uh, you know, on race day, if I'm like, if you're walking underneath the tunnel that's right underneath the yard of bricks, you know, yep. and they're going over you, you know what I mean? Zoom, zoom. Sometime I'll stop and I'll be at the top of it and I'll just try to get a glimpse of you guys going by. Yeah. And I'm like, it's very fast. My God, that's fast. But could somebody jump over it? And anyways, yeah. we we're just talking Ryan Blaney and verticals. So no, I, I mean, I, <laughs> it's a great question. Look, tweet at us and Instagram us what you guys think. If a, if a human if a human can jump over a flying race car at 200, not flying through the air, but 230 miles an hour. Counter says 60-40. 60-40. Maybe 70-30. See, this is the beauty of the offseason is you get to talk about people trying to jump over Indy cars. Yeah. Right? It's true. And honestly, now that we're on the topic of IMS, we had two very, very wild legends uh, go complete their rookie orientation program at, yes. the, at the end of Sort of Seat That's news. big Indy car news. Roman Grosjean. Uh, now in the 28 ride for Andretti mm -hmm. and Jimmy Johnson, old JJ. Both friends of the show, but they don't know it. Yeah, NASCAR <laughs> legend. Yeah. Uh, and the Frenchie, I just watched Talladega Nights last night, so I'm thinking, you know, a little Jean Girard, Absolutely. Roman Grosjean, or as you say, Gross Jeans. Gross uh, Jeans, Roman Gross Jeans. <laughs> Both tested at the Oval, at IMS. And so for those who don't know, for those who are trying to figure it out, obviously people are saying these are two experienced, very talented drivers. Connor, why is that so important? Why is it so important for those two to get out there, rip some laps uh, around the oval, uh, moving forward to try to get them in the, in the Indy 500 next year? So I think there's a lot of what the rookie orientation program is, is tradition, right? Back in the day, um, you know, for so many years, obviously the Indy 500 has – had over 100 races, right? So, like, there's a lot of events, and there used to be so many different people trying to qualify, and there wasn't necessarily a, a limit to who could qualify. So the standards for being a driver in the Indy 500 had to be established, right? Mm. It's like, okay, hang on a second. Who, it, who should really be out there with these other guys doing 200-plus miles an hour? You know what I mean? Yep. And obviously, you know, at, at the, earlier in the in the in the days, it was not 200 miles an hour, but then it eventually got above 200 miles an hour. But but now, you know, every everyone has to do it. Like I had to do it. I remember in 2013, my mm -hmm. first Indy 500, and um, you know, at the time when you get out there, 200 above 200 miles an hour and 205, very simple. And and that that sounds weird, but it's with with our cars and the amount of downforce they have, the amount of grip that they produce. Um, it's very simple, but the, the track itself, the Indianapolis River Seaway is a very, it's a difficult oval to learn because it's not high banked. Uh, each corner is a little bit different. And I think if you just let someone rip right out of the pits, I mean, our cars will easily do, you know, you, if you leave the pits, you can get up to two, you know, two twenty as soon as you get to turn three, if you're aggressive out of the pits, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, but that first leaning on the outside tire the first way you you know way you turn the wheel the first amount of load you put on the outside tires it's such a it's such a difficult thing to really get used to at that speed so i i think what they do is honestly really really respectable it, it's annoying at first like 205 to 210 is like what are we doing? You, you just kind of have to lift on the straights and yeah. be like, all right, you know, go through the, go through the, you know, the process. But realistically, it's to kind of train your mind. Like Fernando Alonso had to do it. You know, all these guys that come over, everyone has to do it. You know, Kurt Busch, when he came to do it, I mean, it's, it's basically get your mind because there's no other racing series that is going that fast at, on, a, on an oval track or a racetrack. You know yep. what I mean? So yep. like it is very unique. And 
to to go from two hundred five to two ten kind of gets it just gets it gets the body warmed up. It's like what we needed at the kickball there tournament. You know what I mean, we yeah. needed everyone get it warmed up. We need the ellipticals. So like, but it gets it doesn't necessarily get your body too warmed up, but it gets your brain tuned in. It's like all right, we're looking at the visual reference points. We're looking at okay. We shouldn't be below the white line. We should. I remember my rookie orientation after my very first run. I thought it was okay, and then I had Marco and and Mario Andretti come up to me and say, "Hey, just move up the track a little bit. Like it's it don't need to be that low yet." And and obviously, like one of the drivers who runs, uh, who's obviously been fairly successful at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Elio Castroneves, mm-hmm. always runs very high on the track in practice and qualifying compared to anyone else, because he's he kind of came up in that era where we weren't going all the way down below the white line to get to the curbs, maybe touch the curbs because the cars were a little bit different back then. And now you still have to, that's also where it gets more dangerous. When you get below the white line, you get towards the curbs. That's when you can touch the curb and in the wall. And so they don't want the rookies to go down there, you know, super early because it starts to get really, really difficult. That's kind of the only, that's really the only area you want to use like those really, really low on the curbs, not touch the curbs, but if you have to, like, that's what you're setting up on the very last lap of the Indy 500 if you're going to try and pass for the win. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of that stuff is just super helpful. And then when you get to 210, 215, that's kind of the, the second stage. It's like, all right. Now we're going a little bit quicker. Now we can kind of feel a little bit more with the car. But again, it's 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 15 laps each. So you're doing 30 laps before you get to run above 215. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's something that just gets the mind tuned in the right way. And then when we get out there, the rest of the people who have done this before, when we get out there with them, we certainly, I would say, are able to trust them a little bit more because they've kind of felt it already. And yeah. It, it changes a lot when you get into that the 220 range. I always tell people that 210 to 223, not a huge – I mean, well, 210 to 223 is a big difference, but, like, you really can start to feel every mile an hour once you get above 228 or 227, 228 average. Once you get above that speed, you feel – every half mile an hour to mile an hour. And mm-hmm. you can feel every little bit as you enter turn one and turn three, because those are the you know the highest speeds where you enter the corner. And when you get to that level, you're glad that you've done a week and a half of practice and then and, and the rookie yeah. orientation because you're kind of tuning the body to understand what it's going to feel like when you're absolutely at the limit of qualifying at the Indianapolis River Seaway. So I think the rookie orientation thing is, is yes, does it look a little like, all right, yeah, they're just driving around and it's kind of slow. It is, but it is very, very important. Yeah. Even for a you know seven-time NASCAR champion and Roman Grosjean, who's obviously you know very, very experienced, but not an oval racer, right? So it's, it's something that's very traditional, but also I think important for the mind because the Indy 500 and Indianapolis River Seaway are just so unique in themselves. That's what's wild is that just being out at uh, the Charlotte Motor Speedway this past weekend, you're talking about the banking, right? I mean, I didn't realize, like, you get we were out there on the track pre-race when the flyover was going on at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and you're looking to your left, you're looking to your right, and, I mean, it's hard to imagine being able to even walk yeah. on those turns because, of, very the, banked, yeah. because of the bank. And then when you go to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, not like that at all, you know. So it's 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 definitely true to where it's even for Jimmy Johnson, who has made his hay and then some, yeah. going fast and turning left yeah. at ovals. You know, as a NASCAR uh, driver, still 
very, very different, especially in an IndyCar at Indianapolis Motor Speedway as compared to everywhere else. Yeah, and I mean, the one thing for Jimmy as well to get used to, like Jimmy will be good. Like if he if he does decide to, you know, to do the Indy 500, which I don't think he has made the decision yet, but like- When does that come? Like what at what point? I, like I think it's just, for him, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure that he'll just have to sit down with the wife and be like, hey, are you cool with this? And I think he's super motivated to do it. I, I can see- I can see it in his eyes for sure. Cause like when you talk about it, he like, he gets all pumped oh, up yeah, about it. Sure. And I mean, honestly, like our cars are much safer than they, than they were when, you know, when, when he was basically saying, look, I'll, I'd like to do the road courses, but not the ovals. I think after he's been involved, he sees, look, these cars, IndyCar's done a pretty good job of making these things safe. Yeah. And, and he trusts, you know, our safety team, obviously. So, I, I don't know when that decision is going to be made. I would say he probably makes it before Christmas because those teams really got to start tuning on Indy 500 cars before, well, really in the winter. So, yeah. so we'll see. But I'm, I'm excited that he got at least, you know, through the rookie orientation program. It's really, really cool. And, I mean, those are two rookies that will be – that would be quite highly anticipated um, at next year's Indy 500. Oh, yeah. It, it's really – I mean, it's really like what the only – thing that jimmy johnson has left on his checklist kind of i mean i don't know if he's done lamal i don't know if he's done the 24 hour race but i I assume he will i mean you could do lamal really almost until you're about 60 years old so i'm sure jimmy could have a shot at lamal and maybe jimmy's been racing for a hundred million years maybe he has done lamal i don't remember right i don't know (laughs) he could have i mean but i mean he's done the rolex 24 so i'm not sure right but we know that the indy 500 obviously would be a huge you know checklist item for him and oh, like yeah. you said i mean if we're looking at next year's field and you you have roman grosjean in there you have jimmy johnson in mm. there maybe it'd be tough for a kyle larson next year or someone like that to get in but you know these are the names that it's like wow okay uh, you know the indy 500 is what it is had over five million or six million viewers or whatever it was this past oh, yeah. year now you get in a guy like that in the field and uh holy cow we're really looking at something now yeah does, does Roman Grosjean did um, Gateway, right? Yes. And so how does that compare for him? So he has experience doing some sort of an Mm. oval in an IndyCar, obviously much different IMS. How does that help him, give him more of an advantage going into it than than Jimmy? Honestly, I I don't think it helps him over Jimmy because I think Jimmy has the big super speedway experience. Jimmy has Uh, a lot of a, a very diverse feel for ovals. And and Grosjean's only ever done one oval race, you know what I mean? So I th- I think still Jimmy will be, uh, you know. But th- now having said that, they're both with the best teams in IndyCar, right? Like yeah. you know, you've got Andretti Autosport and Ganassi right now, and yeah. I think those are two real powerhouses. So they're going to have the best stuff available. They're going to have the best group, like the best set of information to learn from. Um, but I still think Jimmy. I think Jimmy will really be able to get it. I think Jimmy will be really good and and the, and the wild thing is like we know he's struggled on the road and street courses but if jimmy gets to do the ovals i think he will be i think he'll be better than uh than better than people expect for sure um just because of that experience that he's got but again very different nascars have power steering on ovals which is a very very different experience i've done a couple truck races on the oval and feeling that power steering s- certainly makes the car a little bit different here and there but you know, with us in our cars, you can feel everything. And so that'll be something he has to get used to. But again, Kurt Busch got very, very used to it. Kurt Busch was very successful in his, you know, in his Indy 500 debut. So yeah, I, I'm excited for it for our sport and, and for everything in general. Yeah, absolutely. You got uh, Indy 500 2022, some new drivers hopefully going to be in there. And then the same, what happens on the same day, that later that night of uh, Memorial Day Sunday, 
is a Coca-Cola 600. Yeah. The Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yep. Your pal Smoke, Tony Stewart. Smoke. He's one. He's the only one, right, that's done the double? Uh, no. Two I, other uh, people have, maybe? Kurt did it. Oh, Kurt, okay. Kurt, Kurt did it that year, I think. And then I don't know if – I don't – other people have done it. Okay. Yeah. Robbie you, Gordon did it. Robbie Gordon did it, I believe, one year uh, or a couple years. There are a few people who have done it. Got it. But no one's won – like, no one's no won going. both. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so you run the Indy 500 uh, in the morning or afternoon, and you hop on a helicopter or whatever it is, go out to Charlotte, you run the Coca-Cola 600 at night. I was just at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yes. First NASCAR, first real NASCAR experience. And man, I had a blast. I had a phenomenal time. <laughs> yeah. I thought the racing was entertaining. It you was a great some... race. I enjoyed watching the race yeah. myself. I watched it on Sunday. Um, I love NASCAR road racing, honestly. It's 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 very entertaining. There was a lot of wild stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you got to experience that because do we talk a lot about IndyCar on the show? Yes, but we are a motor. There, there's a yes, lot of motor yes. racing to talk about. We like SRX. We like Formula One. We like NASCAR. We're, I'm trying to teach show you about all these different forms of motor racing. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I mean that's, that, that they all live on on Speed Street. There's yeah. no <laughs> everyone uh, populates it's the Speed not Street. Just IndyCar Speed Street. It's the Motorsports Speed Street. And so, uh, you know, me and my wife are out there. Shout out to Charlotte Motor Speedway and NASCAR for having us. You know, we did a lot of really cool things. Corey LaJoy, phenomenal conversation. Great man, love that guy. <laughs> me too. We had a lot of fun. He ate some donuts, uh, kind of begrudgingly. He's a, he's a well put together guy. <laughs> well, he's a, and he's doing sober October right now as well, which I don't understand. Dude, Never we, heard of we, it. We yeah. talked about that. <laughs> I brought that up, and he said, "Hey, uh, he actually has the same birthday as Alexander Rossi. Yes, he does. September twenty fifth. So he was just like, man, I just turned thirty. I did like a twelve day bender. Yeah, <laughs> for my thirtieth birthday. And he was like, I was just looked in the mirror. I was like, man, I need to refresh some things. And I was like, hey, no problem. You Have know? you ever done something like that? Yeah, before? I did uh, no fun November last year. <laughs> Sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> I mean, right. Like, well, I don't know what that like, means. What does that mean? Like, you have to read books for the whole month? <laughs> some people like reading, man. I uh, read some books. I read yeah. Halo novels, and that's it. There you go. But uh, So, No Fun November. It was more, so uh, no booze of any kind. Oh. No wine, no liquor, no beer, uh, no soda. I'm, I'm a big soda guy, okay. so no soda. Uh, no fried foods, so cut out fried foods, fast foods. No French fries. Uh, nope, nope. <laughs> and we were talking about it. Even tortilla chips apparently are fried. Yeah, I did not know that. When you told me that, I did I did not realize that that's, uh, you know, that's considered fried foods. I'm thinking I'm, I'm ducking here. I'm going to get some chips and salsa. Yeah. Salsa's light, not bad. Hammer the El Rodeo yeah, down the street. Right. Let's get some chips and Glock. Exactly, and they're like, oh, no, those are fried. I'm like, well, okay. Well, so uh, I did No Fun November. Lost some weight, got a thinner face. It was all good. So I felt him. I, I told him. I said, "Hey, <laughs> I didn't do sober October." But it was funny. He, he was like, <laughs> Corey was like, "Yeah, man. I mean, October's a pretty bad month to not drink." And I was like, "They're kind of all bad yeah. months to not drink." <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you could celebrate it. something at any time. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, January you kind of just have to drink to get you through the dark and depression. Mm. February. Valentine's Day. Valentine's You're not going to have a little. Well, you know, uh, and it goes both ways. What if it's leap year? <laughs> Got to yep. celebrate that. Absolutely. It's a fake day. It's a right? fake. Yeah. Uh, Valentine's Day, whether you have a significant other or you don't, you're drinking your sorrows. Absolutely. Or, you know, maybe you have a significant other and you're sad, so you're drinking your sorrows anyways. Yep. You know, March, St. Patty's Day. Day. I mean, come <laughs> on, right? I guess Do we eight, need to name a drinking holiday what, for every month? What's, what would, <laughs> what's April? When's maybe Arbor Masters? Day? <laughs> Is that April, yeah. April. What, what do you do in, uh, in April? Uh, Final Four. April Fools. April Fools. <laughs> you know, Final get, Four. Yeah. Get a little tipsy. Fire off a "Hey, I'm pregnant" text. Yep. yep. You know, one of those yep. things. 
May, I mean, obviously. There you go. We know the whole thing. Memorial yeah. Day, race yeah, weekend. Obviously. Uh, May. Uh, and then summer, I mean, hey, you're not going to drink during it's summer. It's summer. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it's really, like I There's said, so and, many... and Corey, had, he agreed. He was like, yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, they all, it is pretty much, you know, 12 years, 12 months around. It yeah. sucks. Um, anyways. But good for him. You know, he's got a wife and a child and. He does. He's a big family guy now. One, one big and a half family year old. Guy. Um, he. He introduced me to a new phrase that I love. Okay. I had this race day there. I had this, uh, no, Charlotte Motor Speedway gave Big me. Big Roval shirt. Yeah, guy. Roval shirt, this graphic yeah. kind of tee, just really loud and in your face. They, I was like, of course I'm going to wear this on race day. It's Obviously. Yeah. So I run into Corey on race day. He's like, oh, man, that's a Darf shirt. <laughs> and I was like, Darf, what? What's going on? He's like, yeah. Dumbass race fan, and I was like, "Oh, let's go!" <laughs> a so, Darf uh, shirt. Yeah, I got wow. all I got all darfed up. Uh, Interesting for, for for race day, but the race. Well, you know, we watched Sage Carum on Saturday. Oh yeah, great, and, uh, great performance the series. We're running the top five. The boys and I were cheering for cheering for Sage. That was great. I, I sadly that last restart, I think he got a little uh, moved out of the way, which is yeah. uh, very NASCAR-y. Uh, and then everyone spun and crashed coming to the finish line. Oh my god, that was, which yeah. was wild. So we were in the suite right above the start finish line. Oh, did so you that see that right, finish? Right, oh. right in front of us. Um, but yeah, that was, dude crossed the finish line backwards in yeah, reverse. Right, <laughs> right Ricky Bobby of, style, man. I respected the heck out of that. I could tell he had no idea which direction he was going, but he just hammered the throttle in reverse. There you go. That's what happens sometimes in NASCAR races. You finish in reverse. Yep. It was very Ricky Bobby style. And I uh, and that is real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw it. Saw uh, yeah. it two eyes right. Saw there it in on front the TVs. Um, but uh, I mean, so loud. We watched the start and finish uh, from the very from the roof, and my God, it's loud. Uh, but it's very <laughs> exciting. Like it really does. Like get inside it. You know, it's like wow, this is over. This is powerful. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, but Sage Karam, that was awesome uh, watching him. And then Sunday, I mean, you had the drama with uh, Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick Ooh-wee. going I at tell it. You what? If I was Chase Elliott, which I have met Chase Elliott, we were teammates at the BC Thirty Nine Dirt Race. I would be. I would want to punch Kevin Harvick directly in the eyes like that. I mean, I, I, I don't. I have never really met Kevin Harvick, so I don't really know him. But I know Chase, and like, I, I just. I, I've after watching the races, I, I, I am I just a little bit confused as to what Kevin is doing. <laughs> I mean, I was like, <laughs> why are you doing this? I mean, I get everyone's fighting for a championship spot, but I was like, you literally drove this guy into the wall like multiple times. And then I tell you what, if if that wasn't the most karma thing I've ever seen, Kevin just driving straight in right. the wall at the end, I was like, man, that is hilarious, dude. That and you know what huh. was wild is, I mean, he 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 felt he felt the nine car coming. <laughs> uh, and the nine Elliot car was, was right there, which is hilarious. The nine car was coming, and Even I think with he no felt end. it. Yeah, and, and and he just he got in his mind, and it, you know, so so Chase Elliott is playing mind games with him. However, it goes into the wall. The whole suite goes nuts when oh, Harvick really? goes into oh, the wall. Love that. Yeah. Uh, so he goes into it, and then afterwards. Uh, you had the the you know post race interviews, <laughs> and Chase old Chase Elliott drops the yeah wish him a, a happy off season and a merry Christmas yeah which uh, I, I wish he would have been a little bit more animated I do I wish I would have I wish he would have said hey Kevin you big smelly idiot like why why would you like I would just I just wanted to see something like because that's I, I so NASCAR we were, I thought we were about to see a little scuffle I thought uh, we were about yeah to see a little... well the thing is, is if I bet if Kevin would have would not have crashed and would have made it in. I bet they would have had a throwdown session. Yeah. Or at least hit their crew guys would have got into it because nice. 
You know what I mean? But in the end, the Chase Elliott guys are like, hey, we made it. Hey, you didn't, bro. Right. Exactly. See you never. Happy offseason. <laughs> Merry Christmas. But that is interesting to watch the next, you know, a couple of races. Like, you have to monitor it. Because oh, it'll now, be a big story. Kevin Harvick, he don't got nothing to lose. Don't and got so nothing. He don't got nothing to lose. So he's like, hey, I'm just going to make it my whole goal to just, just wrap, destroy. Figuratively, figuratively and literally wreck Chase Elliott's day. Yeah, which I hope that does not happen because I don't like that. But NASCAR, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. Somebody, somebody said to me this weekend, I thought it was a beautiful uh, way to, to think beautiful. about and look at racing. He said, F1 is everybody's dream. He said, IndyCar is probably the most competitive, high, hardest to do, uh, hardest to drive in, like in terms of handling the car, yep. the speed, everything like that. He said, NASCAR is where you go for entertainment. Yeah, and I said, "Wow, yeah, that's you know, yeah, pretty, pretty very pretty talented good. guys in NASCAR." But yes, there is a great show that is being put on. Yeah, as well. So uh, was there all weekend? Uh, the Charlotte Motor Speedway was very cool. They they kept trying to pry. They're like, huh? "So what? What do you think?" I was compared to Indy. I was like, "Look, you're never gonna <laughs> ever get me to." say that anything's better than Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You're just not, so just stop trying. <laughs> but I was like, but this is still very cool. We stand uh, strong at the Indianapolis Motor yeah, Speedway. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I mean, come on, guys. Like, what, what are you, what are we talking about? Yeah. Um, but Let then, us enjoy all forms of motorsport. What the heck? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what, what was the other high? Oh, dude, James Bond. Daniel oh, Craig was did there. Did you meet him? I, I was so close. <laughs> I Me. loved everyone. Like, I saw so many NASCAR drivers post their pictures with James Bond. I said, you know what? I would ask for the same thing. Oh, dude, absolutely. Are you kidding me? And, and it's like, it was so wild, you know, because it's like, holy cow, it's James Bond. But like, that is like a level of fame that I've never seen. Oh, yeah. Like, you could, I mean, the, the amount of so security cool. and like team that had a, he had really? around him. And it was like, you know, in the golf cart, he was like, back up, everybody run. He had like oh, a whole perimeter of everything. No way. Yeah. But then like, I was on the track pre-race. You like, think he was the, a nice guy? Yeah, he seemed lovely. Okay. All right. He seemed because he did take pictures with a lot of drivers, and I respect that. And and the people from Charlotte Motor Speedway, but he were looked like, somewhat frustrated in a lot of those photographs. I don't know if that's just a Daniel Craig face. I think that's just his. But look. he just looked kind of like I hate everyone. I mean, he's James Bond. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna he's got to have that kind of like chic, like cool. He's a yeah, he's a train killer. Yeah, and so like uh, me, figuratively, me and Rye got a uh, we got somewhat of a selfie. We were down just below like the flag stand or whatever. And he was up there having the green flag. And so we were below him and he was in it, but he wasn't looking. Oh, but, um, that's a shame. We I got probably from me to our producer, John. I was yeah. about that close to him. And all right. So I was, I was within that's the pretty, range. That's not far away yeah, at all. I, I, part of me was like, maybe I should just go up. But like. There's no point of reference. Like Daniel yeah. Craig is, I'm not going to, what do I, hey, hey, yeah, good to me. I'm a big fan. Hey, yeah. Like some people I go up to and they're like, oh, wait, you do that. Oh, okay, cool. Daniel Craig doesn't. You're not going to fucking know what I do. You know what I, I mean? So, you know, I, I don't know, man. You know, a lot of people know who you are. I think, I think there's only really been, you know, at, at all these racing events that we've done, right? Or we've, I've been a part of, they usually have those celebrities, right? For like waving yeah. the green flag or whatever. There And at the Indy 500, obviously, I, I think the only one that I've really like, like if I'm walking to my car and I'm like, I got to stop and take a selfie with this, this person. I think there's a couple lady Gaga took a picture with lady Gaga. Where? hundredth, hundredth running at the Indy 500, no bro. Shit. Yeah. You weren't in the Indy car yet, but lady Gaga was out there on the grid. Wow. Really, really a cool moment because I was tagged or no, I was not tagged. There was a photo that ended up on like the people magazine website that said, lady Gaga stops to take a picture with a fan. <laughs> and it was me. <laughs> It was me in my race suit. It's like, what, you think I dressed up in this onesie for fun? And I was taking a selfie with Lady Gaga. 
And uh, it, you know what? Nice person. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, she was a great lady. Um, I and, feel like one of the, her voice is one of those voices that, like, if I heard it in real life with my own ears, oh, like, cool. I'd be like, <gasps> she sounds cool. Whoa. Yeah. Very whoa. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a voice. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the other nice one? Who's lady. the other one? Uh, so, uh, one other one at the, uh, and I forget his name immediately, but Long Beach Grand Prix, he was riding in the two seater, and he is, um, what I'm trying to think of what movies this guy was in. He's ever he's very, very funny man. He's a comedian, uh, very tall guy. Uh he is what he says what's what's that movie? He says not up in here. Uh, uh Step Brothers? Yeah. Will Ferrell? No, not Will Ferrell. Not Will Ferrell. Rob Riggle? Rob Riggle, oh, yeah. It's Rob Riggle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I that's the only thing I remember, pow. Rob Riggle. Yeah, pow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Rob Riggle, I definitely had to take a picture with it because I was like, oh, this guy's hilarious. Rob Riggle's very funny. And then one, this is really random. I didn't have my phone at the time, but the Long Beach Grand Prix 2017, I got Julian Edelman to sign my shoe. Huh. <laughs> okay. So at my house, I have this pair of shoes that I wore in the Long Beach race. And I said, I'm not going to lie, Julian. I, I don't really have anything for you to sign, but like, can you sign my shoes? <laughs> Like He's your race like, shoes? Yeah, my the shoes that I was literally wearing to the like in the race. That oh, that's day. cool. Yeah, so that, I have that's, this that's cool. Julian Edelman autographed pair of shoes, and it said he wrote like Julian Edelman, and then like I don't know what else was on there. It was like two plus one equals like thumbs. It's like something really random, and I'm not entirely sure what it meant, but I think it was supposed to be inspirational. And uh, so yeah, they're, they're, those are kind of like really random. That that is a wild collection of people there. Yeah, and Lele Pons. <laughs> Oh, like, yeah. Big celebrity. Sure. I thought she was an attractive woman at the time, and I had to take a selfie with her. Of course. Yeah. Was Turns she, out, didn't make progress with her. Was she taller than you? No. She seemed tall. No, no, she's not, not tall. tall. She's not tall? She's, I'd say she's shorter than me. Okay. But you know what? I had to at least make conversation. I said, I hey, it, man. great to have you here at the IndyCar. I, I try to, like, I try to make friends. Yeah. You know, you know you I mean? do, it's for the sport. You do a good job. It's for the sport. You do a good job. Um, <laughs> should we get into little red, yellow, greens? Yeah, let's questions? answer some questions. We got some good stuff, I think. We got some really wonderful things okay. to talk about. I, I know a, I know at least one question for sure from one of my one of my team members. From the yeah, yeah, that's John. He wants to know least favorite facility. So I had to think about this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came up with a, an appropriate answer because I, I, I couldn't think of it before. And a lot of it has to do with bathrooms. I think bathrooms in the pit lane, very, very important. And oddly enough, IMS is one of those tracks that does not have porta johns in the pit lane. Oh, no. Which, understandably so. Mm. But every driver after driver intros needs to use the pisser. And so we're going. I still don't understand why you don't just piss yourself. No, that's ridiculous. You don't want to. I don't want to. You don't want to pee yourself in the race car. I mean, that's sitting in a urine. Like, Dude, you're in that for like multiple hours. You're sweating. You're not even going to be able to tell the difference. That's the thing. You sweat enough to where you don't have to pee, so it's just fine. Oh, okay. Exactly. So we, we're out there. Boom. Everyone runs to the bathroom. There's two bathrooms below the Pagoda base floor, two bathrooms, one floor up, four bathrooms for 33 drivers right before the start of the Indy 500. And I, I was thinking about other facilities. I was like, man, the mid-Ohio bathrooms, they're like they're, – the, the doors are really tiny on the pooper Very ones. So like – they're like old pieces of wood and like when you go in there you can see everyone hello i'm about to poop you know what i mean what a nightmare <laughs> taking off your your drive your fire suit and like all the fans shit. can be in there too yeah and so like hey we know connor daly's in there you know <laughs> dumping one out you know what i mean so like i, I just i don't know if I, I i like that as much um 
But one one place that I think is 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 tough is is Detroit. Now I like Detroit as a racetrack, one of my favorite tracks. But parking very difficult there, very far away. Now it is a street circuit, and I think the bathroom situation a little tougher. Obviously, only Porta Johns really. And if you want to use a real bathroom, you have to go a long way into the media center into some like other building. So. Mm. I think it really just has to do with bathrooms for me. Okay. That's fair. That's a very important, comfortable, <laughs> you got to be comfortable. Uh, and then John wants to know, which IndyCar driver would you pick to beat Jake Paul in a fight? In I a love this match? question. Yeah, me too. I-, I want you to go first on this. I say, I thought who about is going to take bit. Jake Paul out? I-, I am going with the size of him. I'm going with Graham Ray Hall. Okay. I, I like the Stalky I, like, I like the reach. Yeah. He's a big guy. Arms. Uh, exactly. Reach is important in boxing. You know, uh, the Paul brothers are, are both fairly tall themselves, I yes. believe. So I, I, I like Graham Rahal. I'm, I'm going to go with Graham. Gr. I think it's hard to not take Joseph Newgarden in this. I yeah. mean, I don't. I don't know if he's an all show and no go type guy. You know what I mean? He looks like a Greek god, but will he punch like a? Will he punch like? Zeus, you know what I mean? You don't grow up with Robo Pong and be like some, you know, in the streets, rough and tumble. Then again, Graham I've never Rahal's seen Joseph Bobby punch Rahal, anyone. Yeah. So what do I know? I've never seen Joseph punch anyone. He's a lover, not a fighter, I think. But um, but you never know. I think there's there's one, maybe two others that you might not really think about being a you know a fighter. And I don't know why. Because everyone in IndyCar is nice and no one really gets angry at each other. But uh, Felix Rosenquist. Okay. Not Scandinavian, we discovered. Mm -hmm. Swedish. (laughs) But Felix, I feel like he's one of those guys that give him three weeks in the gym, only protein. Okay. Only protein, getting yoked. I think he's going to attack, attack Jake Paul's chest region, belly, and just make him potentially burst an organ inside of his body. So that's, yeah, that's like uh, Drago versus Rocky. Like you know? big, big stocky neck. If you gave him yeah. three weeks in the gym where he mm-hmm. only did arms and abs, you know, and just, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That, I would not have, <laughs> I, I would not have That's my that. low key, like just this Swedish gunner. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I will say that uh, Joseph, you know, when, when he gives a hug, the man, he, he's got a, quite the slap on the back. Oh, yeah. Like, he's bringing a lot of velocity, a lot of heat with on the, the you know, when you bring it in and it's like one of those pop, pop. I mean, he's yeah. he's got some velocity. So maybe he, Brother. Does, right, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe he does pack a little bit of a punch. I don't yeah. know. I could see that. Uh, from Andrew Moreno02. Yes. We're getting goat talk here. Who's the best IndyCar driver of all time? Oh man, that's such a tough, tough question. I mean, I my 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 gut feeling uh, says says Rick Mears because he he potentially he was very very close to having five Indy five hundred victories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he is is for sure one of the best of all time. I, I think it's hard, it's really hard to nail that down, and that that is obviously the eternal question: who is the best? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think right now we've got some incredible drivers who are. All over the map. You got. I think Fernando Alonso is still one of the most talented drivers out there, but again, not very successful at the Indy 500 yet. Like it's it's yep. you know t- he's had some tough goes, um, and I, I I think a guy like Kyle Larson is is very very good, and I think when he does get a shot at the Indy 500, I think Kyle Larson is going to be very very good. So I think right now, hard to argue with Rick Mayer's being the best. Okay, who do you think from the current field right now? 
Is there anybody that could make their way up into that? Uh, I don't know. No. Not right now? No. Not as it currently sits? Nope. Not even Scott Dixon? I mean, Scott Dixon is already great, but he's only got one Indy 500. You know what I mean? So, like, that's – I think Scott Dixon will forever be one of the best IndyCar drivers ever mm-hmm. just because of all the success. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I can't I can't say that he's the best. I can't do it. All right. That's fine. That's cool. What about you? What are we, what are we going with? I mean, you're, you're new to this game, but – I'm new to the game. Um, my initial – you know, I, I would tend to agree with you on Rick Mears just because – of uh you know i've come to know about his legend and mm. understand how great he is and so cool uh, you know just a cool yeah just i mean just the racer you know rick mears just you know so at I, some point we're gonna have a uh, a drunk history segment about rick mears with my friend deepu and that's Deepu just gonna Sandy. be the whole it's gonna show. be a segment it's gonna be deepu's gonna come in he's gonna tell you every single story about rick mears and uh, it's going to be an electric segment so be prepared for that from nick underscore j underscore seven seven three does Connor have any plans for more NASCAR trucks or Xfinity races in the future? Yes. Right now in my schedule of things to do for next year, as we're kind of like pitching some sponsors and working on this, is at least three truck races we would like to do. Because the schedule came out, and guess what? Two of the road course races are not conflicting with IndyCar, Coda and Mid-Ohio, tracks that I really enjoy. So I, I would love to do that. I've been talking with my friends at Nice Motorsports a lot. So, yes, definitely trying. Xfinity-wise, I don't know. I, I would love to. Would love to do some Xfinity stuff. But don't really have a, a super close connection to a team as much as I did uh, or as I do with Nice. Okay. Did you do Xfinity, though? I did one Xfinity race with one? Roush, yeah. Okay. Roush doesn't have their Xfinity team anymore. Got it. Uh, from Cool.John, would you rather be cool able to— John. Would you rather be able to fly or teleport? What, what, what about you? You go first. Uh, teleport. Why? Because there are a lot of times where I'm like, man, I wish I could just zap right on over there. Yeah. No more airport security. Right, but to me... <laughs> no like, more having to wait at the Chili's Bar at the airport in Dallas or something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's part of the experience. <laughs> I don't disagree. You know? I mean, teleporting, then it's kind of taking the fun out of everything. Like, yeah, it's convenient, but I think teleporting after a while, you'd be like, Man, I kind of miss like the 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 drive. I kind of miss the flight. And we did I mean? learn earlier that you like being in the air rather than underwater. Yeah, right. Like, that's a very that's a very good question. And think about like how fun it would be just to be able to fly around on your own. <laughs> yeah, you know. Then you then you don't need to because. But they, like, do we have wings or am I just like Superman? He didn't specify. Okay, all right. I, I think it's like Superman. Okay, yeah, yeah, ten four. So I think you could be able to like you know throw in a book bag, yep. fly around. You then you don't even have to worry about teleporting yeah. or worrying about. You know, so yeah. I'm gonna go fly. I okay. think flying would be fine. All right, teleporting a little boring after a while. Uh, from Howard two one one two. When retired from a race, where do drivers go? Do you watch the rest of the race? Uh, never. Really? Where do yeah. you go? It's like after after qualifying. If like we don't make it into the fast twelve or fast six, I'm out. You're leaving. Don't care. Straight back to the engineering office. How do we get better? Okay. But, like, uh, if it's in a race, yeah, I mean, I don't care to watch it. Because I, I just I, – and, and honestly, I haven't watched a single race from this year. I haven't even watched the Indy 500. Because I, I, it's honestly – I don't have Peacock Plus yet. But but I do need to buy that. But, um, but you yeah. You can't I just, get a deal? The you know, IndyCar drivers maybe, don't just get, maybe. like, it hooked up automatically? But yeah, I think there's a couple races that you watch, like, to see, like – strategy what happened and maybe you can pick up on next year over the off season but yeah i don't 
I just I like to move on to whatever's next. Okay, so you're not like you know going back into the truck, popping and you know kicking yeah. your feet back, popping open a cold soda, and yeah. watching the rest of it. No, not yet. Not no. decompressing like that. Nope. All right, that's fair. All right, that's it for Radio Green. You got a, a segment Great, I want to try out here. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're going driver's reality here. Okay. And yes. Take it over. You're we really a have bit. no. We really have no. Um, no basis for this. No name for it at all. But I. I was thinking. I. I thought of an interesting group of drivers. Yeah. Who I think we can get. You know, get get some more out of when it comes to their personality because mm-hmm. I think there's they're very talented people. Okay. And we're gonna select you and I. Which driver would go best with which reality television program? Okay. And I'm going to list the... Uh, so I did not tell you the drivers, I don't think, either. Okay, so this isn't a fill-in-the-blank. This is a match. You match them. So there's three. Okay, uh, Crisscross applesauce, match them up. Got it. So the reality television shows are as follows. The Bachelor, obviously. Mm-hmm. Survivor. And Fear Factor. Is Fear Factor still around? Yes, it is. It's It's been revamped. It's back. On on a streaming service? Cable? Nope. I don't know. MTV, maybe? Doesn't matter. Just Fear something factor. Out there. Yeah. Put them in a big, Paramount big, Plus. big pit of snakes. Yeah. <laughs> so the three drivers that we're trying to pair to which, who would win these reality shows? Who would yep, win them? Yep. We have Alex Rossi. <laughs> okay. We have Roman Gross Jeans. Okay. And we have Alex Pillow. <sighs> wow. So we have three elite athletes. Man, and we have three All shows. Right. Let me. I need to type <laughs> these out here so I can like visually. You got to visualize Alex a little Rossi, bit, right? Alex Pillow and Gross Jeans. Gross Jeans. Yep. Okay. So <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I'll, I'll go first if you wanna. If you wanna take a think about this here. Yes. Okay. I think Alex Pillow would do really well on Survivor. I think Alex is a smart. Just a. I mean, he's he's just elite, and I think he is going to use decisive decision-making and just do the best. I don't know. I think Alex Pillow and Survivor, it would be very interesting to see him maybe have to eat snakes or something like that and, like, yeah. survive and build a build a fortress of some kind, maybe in the woods, and, and complete these Survivor challenges. Uh-huh. I'm not a big Survivor guy. I don't, know, don't really know much about that show. Yep. But I assume you have to survive. That and is I think, key. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think Alex Pillow's the guy. Now, here's an interesting one. We have The Bachelor and Fear Factor left and Alex Rossi and Roman Grosjean left. <laughs> now, I think Roman Grosjean, obviously we know, has literally lived through an inferno. So. What? Yeah, remember Grosjean? Big fiery crash. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, Grosjean, no fear already. You know what I mean? So, that's that's tough. I'm thinking Grosjean, Fear Factor, because guess what? You're not going to scare this guy. Hmm. <laughs> and I, like I, I love it. You asked him, like, wait, so you're putting, all right. you're putting Rossi on The Bachelor? Yeah, Rossi's on The Bachelor, yeah. Why? Because <laughs> he's tall and handsome. And I can't wait to see him be emotionally uncomfortable on television. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so I was about to say. I can't wait to see Alex have to decide which lady. Now, having said this, he is in a relationship. That is a little awkward. But this is if they weren't and if we were just yes. who would win. See, I don't know. Ro- yes, he's so emotionally unavailable. And so the <laughs> chick would be like trying to pull it out of him. And then he'd yep. just be like, I don't really vibe with this. I'm uncomfortable. Yep. And then like he might leave he the would, show. He would he might leave the show or he, he would like cause problems in the house. Yes, maybe. 
I don't know. know. Some guy, some guy, it's like a hothead would get into it with him, and then Rossi would just like snarkily laugh. Oh, he's <laughs> I'm the, talking the he's the oh, bachelor. He's the bachelor. One guy, thirty two chicks. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. One so guy, thirty two chicks. Alex just just chopping it up with the gals. See, but <laughs> here's no, no, no. See, this is where I like it. I think I picked all the winners. Rossi, do, Rossi doesn't care about anything. <laughs> Rossi does not give two rips to hear about what his waiter is like talking about with the specials, let alone not wrong. 30 yeah. women. <laughs> he would just be so like, saying does not care about their life stories. I don't, I don't know, man. I think he's got a little emotional side there that he could, he could bring out. He would absolutely just be like, I am so over this. <laughs> I think I he'd leave the show so- three episodes in. Yeah, see, I put I put Roman as the bachelor because Ooh, he's French. French. <laughs> the French language, the the French speaking. You guys want some baguettes? I don't know what that was. That was the <laughs> that was my French accent. <laughs> Every accent that Connor does is just a hillbilly. Mm-hmm. That's it. Welcome to welcome to America. Even uh, even your Irish one, you're just like. <laughs> so we both pick. <laughs> We, yeah. we both pick below for Survivor then? Is that what you think? Or no? No, I feel Rossi oh. a Survivor. Oh. Because he's kind of, he did A. He did uh, the, 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 the Amazing Race. Amazing so race. so that, that was a key factor for me. I, I was very close to putting Alex as Survivor because I know that I watched him eat frogs when we did the Amazing Race. He ate frogs and scorpions and and built like some stuff and climbed fences and it was in the air and like, so I think Alex could be very good at Survivor as well. And the man loves escape rooms. Loves escape rooms. So yeah, he's, see, got, he's got so the I strategy. Gone, I you know. might have gone the wrong way on this, but I, I'm sticking with my picks. I mean, don't get me wrong. Rossi as a bachelor would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> for a variety of but different reasons. But we're talking reasons. about winners here. I'm talking about yeah. winners. And I think Rossi has that little bit of like spite and that kind of like schematics <laughs> to where he would be able to like get people on his side, screw over some Survivor people. He yep. has some survival instincts. That's why I like him, Survivor. I respect that. I like that. That's that was, very good. That was, that was, that was fun. Little I segment. enjoyed that. We're gonna come up. I'm gonna come up with some more of that stuff. All right, let's wrap up with yeah, wrap uh, up. Ricky Treadway, random Indy 500 driver of the week. Who Ricky we Treadway, random Indy 500 driver of the week. That is this is a very important one because this one has to do with a show on Netflix currently. Mm. So this driver is Randy Lanier. God, Randy Lanier, L A N I E R, L A N I E R, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nineteen eighty six. I don't have any internet. Nineteen eighty six, Indy five hundred. That's all right. I'll tell you about him. Okay. Nineteen eighty six, Indy five hundred. Randy Lanier. Basically, the story is <laughs> he paid for all of his racing with drug money. <laughs> so, like cocaine. Nineteen eighty six had weed. Be. Oh, I'm not yep. buying that. Marijuana. No, it's on Netflix right now. It is a Netflix store. It's a Netflix documentary. What's it called? It's called Bad Money or Dirt, Dirty, mm. or Bad Sport or something bad like that. Bad Sport. Okay. Yeah. Uh, bad Sport. I will I will read about him to you. Yes. Ran- oh, man. It's, it's so funny. Um, so, Randy Lanier, professional race driver, convicted drug trafficker from the United States. Beautiful. Notable for winning the 1984 IMSA Camel GT title. Wholly independent team, despite facing up to the well-funded and supported opposition, the team's questionable source of income. Questionable source of income. So this this man essentially, I I have yet to start the Netflix documentary about this, but he paid for his racing in cash and drug money. 
This sounds like it should be awesome. more than an episode of a series. It sounds like it should be a feature film. Drug conviction and imprisonment. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> he was released October 2014. Oh, yep. congrats. Seven-year anniversary. Yep. Nice, Randy. Engaging in a continuing criminal enterprise and conspiring to distribute more than 1,000 pounds of marijuana. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> That is a lot. Yeah, man. That's not just like your friendly neighborhood drug dealer. That's no. some serious narco shit. Oh, yeah. I thought, see, I thought 1986, <laughs> that's like prime cocaine time. Like, I thought it was yeah. for sure going to be the booger sugar. Yep. So he was convicted of importing and distributing over 300 tons of Colombian marijuana, believed to be worth $68 million. Eh, that'll fund the team. <laughs> right? That'll Guess who's going racing? <laughs> Randy. Dude, that's so much more than a Let's series go, episode. That's a movie. I know. So I'm excited to finish this series on Netflix with, uh, with old Randy. Uh, Indy 500 legend, apparently. I love that. <laughs> and another fantastic name. Exactly. Uh, fantastic race name. Let's go, Randy. Added to Actually, the that's list. bad. Don't do crimes. Don't do <laughs> crimes in general. Don't, Don't do crimes, on. please. All right. Uh, th- yeah. Speed Street. No Speed Street in the books. Yep. Um, we're over time, I know, but we're on Spotify now. Speed Street with Connor Daly and Joey Molinero. Be sure to follow us on there because they don't do subscribers on Spotify. Follow. You follow a podcast, so we'll be in your feed. Weekly episode, having fun like this. You can also uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, our playlist on there, Speed Street with Connor Daly for the YouTube version. But yeah, go check us out on Spotify. Audio version is there now. Thanks again to the Shop Indie for the logo. Go check them out. Broad Ripple, Clay Terrace. Love those guys so much. Connor. Good stuff, buddy. All right. Until next time.